So if you're a product business, really understanding what your products are, getting those ready to go. Because if you don't have the product, you don't have anything to sell, right? Or the services and laying the foundation for that. And then I would say marketing is probably the next thing because you can have the best products out there, but if you're not marketing them, nobody knows about them, you're, nothing's going to happen. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelak, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Tanya. Tanya, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So give us a kind of 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do for business. Yeah, well, so I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a business owner and an author and lots of other hats like like many other business owners. I started my first business in 2008, so I've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. Uh, and I started my first business with $50 and zero business experience. So, you know, it was one of those things where um, I thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I had a conversation with my husband who was doing international marketing for big fortune 500 companies at the time. This is like in 2008. And uh, he would literally buy a ticket called the around the world ticket where he would leave our home. We were living in Dallas, Texas at the time. And he would literally circle the globe and come back the other side. So he'd be gone for like three or four weeks at a time. And I had two small kids and I thought I need something else that I'm doing other than just being at home with the kids. So I had this little side business where I was selling to friends, maybe friends of friends, but that might be a stretch. Not Didn't have a website, didn't have anything. And I had a conversation with my husband. He was on the other side of the planet. And I was telling him all the things that the kids were doing. And he said, I'm missing everything. I'm missing all the moments. I'm missing all the milestones. And I was like, no, 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 you're, you're not. But I hung up the phone that day and I made a really big, bold decision in my big, bright yellow kitchen that day. I decided I was going to grow that business, that little side hobby that I'd started with 50 bucks. I was going to grow that to absorb his MBA income. So I was going to scale it to six figures, have him come work alongside of me, and then we could have the lifestyle we wanted, which was a big, <laughs> it's a big goal for someone with zero business experience. So I sat down, mapped out what that was going to look like because I have a husband who travels for three or four weeks and two small kids playing at my feet throughout the whole thing. But I was able to make that happen within a year. I was able to scale and grow my business. He started coming and working for me in 2009. So he has been my CMO since 2009. I'm the CEO of our business. And uh, it was wonderful. We love working together and it allowed us to you know, have that freedom we wanted, that lifestyle freedom to, to have him run carpool if he wants to do that or, or you know, make lunches for the kids. And it allowed us to have the location freedom. So we moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Why wait till you retire? If you own your own business, live where you want to live. All those wonderful things. And then I looked at him about a year after we moved to Asheville. So about 2013, I looked at him and I said, I love you. I love working with you, but I don't love what we are creating. I don't love the business. I loved business, but I didn't love the business that I had created. It was supposed to be the side hobby. So he said, well, what do you want to do? And I thought, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. What if this is all there is going, waking up, doing the job, you know, kind of that redundancy, but I sat down and I really started mapping out for myself. What am I truly passionate about? What are the things that really fulfill me and are part of my purpose? I knew I wanted to have a business that was really mission driven. That was really aligned. 
And so I figured out that there were several things I was really interested in. And out of that, I grew Inkwell Press Productivity Co. So I started that business and scaled it to seven figures in less than 18 months. So that was a crazy time. Closed my first business, which paid the mortgage, bought, you know, bought the nice vacations, looked really good to everybody in the outside world, looked very successful, but didn't feel successful to me. Closed that up and opened up Inkwell Press and it just took off amazingly well. And it was able to grow. We uh, are now in stores, we're in Staples, Office Depot, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. And, you know, it's been an amazing, an amazing journey, starting with that small business of $50 to where I am now with a podcast, multiple books through HarperCollins that I've written at this point, um, you know, getting to live the life that I love. So I love talking to other business owners about how they can make that happen. So I'm excited to, to talk to you today. I love that. Well, that is super exciting. So who do you mostly work with now? You mean client-wise? Yeah. Client-wise, I mostly work with women because I really focus in on, while my message is about productivity, I have a, a lot of men who listen and read my books. Um, women are kind of the, the women. I, I love to speak to them because I feel like we're the CEOs of the office and we're also the CEOs of the home. And there's a lot that happens in both those places, right? And so that's one of the places that I, I really like to lean into is this message for women in you know, entrepreneurship, business owners. I also speak to women in the corporate spaces. Really, a lot of what I talk about, while it's productivity, it's really about stepping into intentional leadership because when we're productive, truly in the way that I define productivity, which is not about doing more, productivity is about doing what's most important, that is being intentional. It's really creating that life for you. And your business is a beautiful vehicle to create that life for you. And so when we're productive and doing the things that matter most in our business, we're able to really have a thriving personal life, which I think is so important, especially for business owners. Love it. So how did you come to productivity as your thing? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as I mentioned, I, I was I sat down and I really was trying to figure out what what was it I wanted to do next. And I knew, I knew that I loved I love teaching. I used to be a teacher, so I love the light bulb moments when people get it. So I knew there was going to be a service side of what I did. I love working with women. I was doing a lot of business consulting for women uh, who were trying to grow businesses, and they were like, "Well, how did you do it?" <laughs> right. So I love that part. But then there was this whole other aspect, the productivity aspect, because I would have these conversations with these business owners and I would talk to them about their SOPs or their operations or how they were doing things so that they really had a, a personal life. And I was finding that they weren't doing that at all, that they were not really being productive. They were chasing all the things, putting out all the fires, running in circles, wearing themselves out. And I realized productivity is one of those unique gifts that I have where I automatically just have this innate knowing of wanting to be productive and understanding how a lot of that streamlining works. So uh, I realized that was a big gap in a lot of how people operate, not just in their businesses, but in their personal lives. So uh, that's how I got started with productivity. And it's just been an amazing, an amazing ride for me. I love it. So when it comes to like, let's go through all the stages of business. When somebody's just starting out, what is one thing that they can do to know that they're spending time on what's most important? Because I think a lot of people in that stage think that it's all important. 
Yeah, oh, especially well, yes. well, especially cleaning at, the baseboards with a toothbrush so that the office is clean. <laughs> <laughs> I think people at all stages of business really have a hard time figuring out what's important. Um, I would say at the starting stage, because there's other things you can do as, as we move along, but at the starting stage, it really is honing in on what is the most important thing. So if you're a product business, really understanding what your products are, getting those ready to go. Because if you don't have the product, you don't have anything to sell, right? Or the services and laying the foundation for that. And then I would say marketing is probably the next thing because you can have the best products out there, but if you're not marketing them, nobody knows about them, you're, nothing's going to happen, right? So those are a couple of areas where you start to focus in on. And what I like to tell you know, new business owners who are generally solopreneurs. So they're, they're wearing all the hats. <laughs> they're wearing the operations hat and the finance hat and the fulfillment hat and all of those hats. Uh, is, you know, instead of trying to do everything all at the same time, really silo a lot of your work. In other words, I really like theming your days. So when I first started off, Mondays were my marketing day, Mar marketing Monday. So Mondays was my day to do a deep dive into marketing, you know, maybe writing my client emails or um, figuring out my new ad campaign strategy or doing those types of things on Monday. Then Tuesday was a day that I was doing something else. So Tuesday might have been operations or figuring out some of those things. Now, that wasn't to say if something came up marketing wise on Tuesday, I would ignore it. But Tuesday, the focus was really operations. And then Wednesday would be a warehouse day because I like alliteration. So that really helps too. Warehouse Wednesday. That's a day for doing inventory or order fulfillment or things like that. And so really creating these containers of time where the different aspects of the business becomes the focus, that's what allows you to really ultimately scale and grow. You know, earlier I mentioned that I scaled to seven figures in 18 months. That's a pretty fast trajectory. But here's the thing, I did it with only three people on my team, me, my husband, John, and a part-time employee. So I think there's this whole misnomer, this, this, this limiting belief that you have to have a lot of team or you have to have a lot of money behind you in order to grow. And you really don't. It's really about you know, zeroing in on what's most important and then spending the time diving deep. Instead of going shallow and trying to do marketing and operations and finance and all those things every single day, give each day a focus and dive deeper with it. You're going to go so much deeper. So it's going to be so much more beneficial and you're going to get much more out of it. So that's one of the things I think really helps, especially if you're a solopreneur or you have a really small team. Well, and I, I love the alliteration of the daily themes because I think too, that becomes part of the corporate culture and like the lingo that you're using. And then it becomes easier for your clients, especially if you're teaching your clients how to do what you do. <laughs> it's like everybody's talking the same language. Everybody's using the same expressions. And that adds to a exactly. lot of um, unity within your entire day. It's so true because too, even as you grow and you have team, having as the CEO, your job is to zoom out and get the forest view, right? And a lot of times in our business, we're so thick in the trees. All we can see are the trees. We can't zoom out. So one of the things I like to do is that, you know, we've kind of stuck with those themes of marketing Monday. So Monday, the marketing team is meeting with me and we're having conversations. That's my day to focus more on, on those team members. Then I have another day that I'm focusing on warehouse team members and right. And, and the other aspects of the business, it's really, really easy to fall into the trap of spreading yourself too thin or that, you know, you have to be involved in all the aspects of the business at the same time. Nobody can do that. That's not sustainable. Um, so really, again, it's that idea of 
getting really laser focused on the different areas so that those get the attention they deserve and need. I love it. So as a business is scaling, and I totally appreciate that you can run an awesome business without a whole lot of complexity. I am all about pushing the easy button. Don't get me wrong. But if you happen to be a special kind of crazy and you're like, hey, I want to have 50 employees. Hey, <laughs> then as we kind of grow up that scale, how do we start to figure out who needs to be the first person to onboard? Who needs to be, what positions do we decide to allocate and all that kind of fun jazz. Yeah, that's a great question because, um, because you know, this is the thing too that I like to tell business owners. There's no right or wrong with business. It's okay to want a small team and you want that forever. And it's okay to want a big team. It's okay to want to be as big as Amazon. All of those are okay. It's just as long as that's really what you want. Don't fall into that trap of thinking that you have to be bigger or you have to grow year after year because that can be a little bit exhausting. And if that's not really what you want, it's not really aligned. And at the then end of the day, really that's exhausting. what we're looking for. It really is. <laughs> yeah. If it's not what, what fulfills you. So I would say, you know, as you grow and as you take on more team members, it's really important to, to make sure that you have leads for each area of the business. What we don't want is we don't want you to become the bottleneck. And that's one of the mistakes that happens a lot of times, especially if you're starting off small and the business is growing. It's like your baby. I mean, I I have two kids and the business is like a third child. It's the loudest, brattiest of all the three kids. <laughs> right. And he gets the most attention a lot of times because of that. But it's really easy to feel like everything needs to run through you. Nobody else can do it as well as you. So really stepping back and understanding how important delegation is. And delegation is not abdication. It's not just passing it off and not checking back in on it. Delegation is a conversation. And I think that's a big area that a lot of business owners fail to do. They either feel like they have to do it all or they have to micromanage it or nobody's going to do it right. But if you step back and you do a true delegation meeting, meaning that you are meeting with whoever's the lead for the project. So let's say you have your team lead come in, who's the project lead. And you sit down with them and you talk about, these are the expectations. Here's what success looks like. Here's the metrics that we need to look at. Now I want you to map this out and then come back to me with this plan and I'll okay it, right? So you don't have to come up with everything on your own. And I think that's the other thing is we feel like when you're an entrepreneur, generally you're a visionary, right? You have 3000 ideas. <laughs> and so it's really easy to feel like all the ideation has to come from you. We want you to focus your brain on the things that really matter most to that big picture. Again, getting that forest view. Um, so putting that project lead so that they are in charge of mapping that out and then coming back to you. How does this look? How does this timeline look? You're approving it and then you're setting them off to go. But you'll notice in that conversation, you're talking about things like what success looks like. What are extras? What are bells and whistles? What are the what are the rabbit holes they could fall into? What are the the things that you're not interested in pursuing? What what do you what are the metrics that you want? A lot of times we set these goals and we don't set metrics. We just say next launch needs to be bigger, or we need to get more people in, or we want to make more money. And what does that mean? We need to define enough on the front end so our team members know what they're aiming at. And I think that's a really important part of that delegation. And then one of the things I think is really important too with delegation is understanding what the check-in schedule is. So do you want to be more hands-on so that you're going to be regularly checking in maybe every few days? Or is it, I want to be more hands-off and I'm only checking in 
once a week or once a month. Really set those boundaries from the start and then set them off. So you can see I've not abdicated it. I'm still in charge of it, but I have delegated it. They're off and running and they are in charge of it. Nice. I love it. So what are some of the kind of the outlying principles um, either in your book or in the coaching that you do? What are kind of some of the things we got to make sure? Obviously, you know, delegation is one and being able to prioritize your main thing. Um, kind of delve into that for me, if you will. Yeah. So one of the things I think is really important is that you understand where it is you're going, really having that alignment. And this is part of what I talk about in my second book and on purpose is this idea that, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in the five-year plan because nobody can predict what business is going to look like in five years. Exactly. Who would have predicted we'd have a pandemic, right? If you sat down in 2019 and we're like, here's the five-year plan, that whole thing went out the window. So I believe in five-year visions, having a vision of where you want to go five years from now, and then working backwards to really understand what your goals need to be. So let's say five years is where you want to go. In five years, I want to sell my company. Or five years, I want to have 20 more team members. Or five years from now, I want to be involved, but not as directly involved. Where is it you're wanting to go with the business? All right. So that's the potential in five years. Let's back it up a little bit. What, what do we think is you know possible in three years? Okay. Here's what's possible. That's still pretty far away. Let's back it up a little bit more. What's possible in one year? So you see how we take a timeline, we're looking far into the future and we're backing it up. What's, what's the potential? What is, what is possible? And then what's practical? What's practical in the next year? Okay, if that's what's practical for me to do in 12 to 18 months, what do I need to prioritize? What are the different things within my company I need to spend more time, energy, focus, revenue, money, all those things on? Those are really your goals. And so I like to tell people that we should have, you know, just a few goals or quarterly objectives to really focus in on, because if you're trying to do everything all at the same time, this is when you're burning out yourself, you're burning out your team and everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. So really understanding, okay, if I want to sell my company, the goals that quarterly objectives that you want to accomplish are going to be vastly different for somebody who says, I want to double the revenue. I want to be to 10 million in five years. It's going to be vastly different for somebody who's, you know, it all depends on what your vision is. And what happens a lot of times is as business owners, we look around and we think, oh, our competitors are doing this. I should be doing that as well. Or this person over here, they're killing it in business. We need to do more of that. And they're not taking the time to really align those key objectives that they're looking at with the big vision of where you want the company to go. And as the business owner, as the CEO, you're the driver of that. You're the one who gets everybody on the team on board. So everyone is moving in that direction. But if you're chasing down what everybody else is doing, it's no surprise your team is confused. It's no surprise that you feel like growth has stagnated because you've moved in too many different directions. So really getting that alignment, I think is key. Understanding that, understanding what the goals are, and then getting the team all on board. That that to me is is the heart of what we need to do as the owner of a business. Love it. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Mm. So I have clients who, so I have, like for example, I have a client that I've, I've worked with who is running a seven figure business. It's like in, you know, the three to $4 million range. And, um, 
really set that objective that she wanted to scale and grow, wanted to be big, huge. And uh, right now she's working on uh, a nine figure contract with the government. Nice. So, so over the course of the past three years has gone from 1 million in revenue all the way up to, we're looking at like $130 million of a contract. So this is the kind of thing that happens when you get laser focused, right? And you stop chasing down all these extras um, because you want to have that alignment. If that's what you want, you want to grow and you want to take government contracts that are huge there are certain things you need to have in place. There are certain things the government's going to be looking for. There are certain documentation you need to have in place. So if she didn't have that vision of where she wanted to go right now, she she wouldn't be in that same place, right? Mm -hmm. She'd be chasing her tail, doing all the different things that everybody else is doing instead of now stepping into a gigantic company, um, which is amazing. Nice. Love that. So- mm -hmm. What are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're going, oh, Tanya, I need you so badly. What are they What are they experiencing in their business that's just not working for them? Well, I'll tell you, they, they think it's exhaustion or they feel like they don't have the right clients or those kinds of things. And that's really the, the symptom. And the heart of it is they're trying to do too many things. I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes. And I'll say we as business owners, because I've made that mistake myself. Usually when you're coaching people on things, it's because you've experienced those failures in the past and overcome them. Um, but it, doing too many things. So one of the exercises I love doing with business owners is I love really diving into Pareto Principle, which Pareto Principle is a fabulous, um, you know, it's it's this fabulous a productivity principle that's been around for hundreds of years that basically says it's the vital few that make the biggest difference. A lot of people call it the 80-20 rule. 20% of your clients bring in 80% of your revenue. 20% of your team members do 80% of the work. <laughs> uh, but it's not always a perfect 80-20 split. For example, Warren Buffett attributes 10% of his investments for 90% of his wealth. So, but it's, at its heart, it's about the vital few. It's the fewer things that make a difference. So one of the things that I do a lot of times with business owners is we look at all their offerings, whether it's services or products. We take a look at all of them. And generally, there's a good number of them because trying to chase down every customer, we start adding on these products or these services, right? So we start laying them out and I have them put them on post-it notes. And then I say, okay, let's go into the back end and let's start mapping out which ones are the bringing in the revenue. And you start mapping it out and you realize, oh my gosh, we have 20 offerings, three of them, three of them are bringing in all this income. Why are we wasting our time with the 17 other, right? And so it becomes so much easier to say, you know what, we're not doing these things anymore. Let's laser in and do these three things because this is what's driving the revenue. And it, at its heart, that's the oxygen for our businesses is bringing in the money. You can't have a business if you're not bringing in revenue. So that makes it so much easier to say no to all those other things. So that's one of the things that's really a simple, easy activity that you can do because you have those metrics. Most of us are online or have, even if you're a brick and mortar store, usually you have an online, uh, you know, through QuickBooks or things like that, where you can pull up that documentation really, really quickly, really easily and start to pay attention to what's really bringing in the right customers, what's bringing in the revenue, and then choose to let go of the rest. Because you'll find that you've been spending a lot of time, a lot of money on things that aren't really helping you out and are just exhausting you. And when you're focusing in on three things, 
gosh, marketing is easier. Operations is easier. Life is easier. <laughs> All of those things I think are really important. Awesome. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you? Yes. Yeah, so the best place to find me is honestly on my website, tanyadalton.com. And you can find links to my podcast there. You could also actually, after you listen to this podcast episode, whatever player you're listening to, you can go do a search for the intentional advantage or search by my name. I, I'm on episode like 270 something at this point. So there's a whole archive of uh, episodes that I have there. Uh, or I have my books, you know, The Joy of Missing Out, as well as On Purpose. Uh, you can find links to all of that, though, at tanyadalton.com. Love it. We will, of course, have all those links in the show notes for you. So, Tanya, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? And I know you you forayed into that a little bit, but what was it that made you go, hey, let's go do my own thing? Well, it's funny because for a long time, I called myself the accidental entrepreneur because I didn't know, you know that I was going to be an entrepreneur. But it, one day I was telling a friend of mine about, oh yeah, I had this greeting card business and then I had this purse business and then I had this. And she goes, I had no idea you were an entrepreneur all along. And I was like, oh, the breadcrumbs were always there. <laughs> it's funny how we sometimes think that we've stumbled into something that has actually been a part of us all along. So really that conversation was when I stopped calling myself an entrep accidental entrepreneur and I let go of that limiting belief because really I'm a true entrepreneur who's been able to scale and grow and gosh, I love what I get to do. So yeah, sometimes it takes a little time, you know, even if you've been an entrepreneur for several years to really, to roll your shoulders back and, and take that label with pride. But yeah. I love it. You've been awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Yeah. So I would say, you know, we often put a lot of stock in the big moves, the giant leaps. It's actually the small daily movements that make a big difference. So if you heard something that we talked about today on the show, whether it was, you know, doing the Pareto principle or theming your days, or maybe it was like, oh, maybe I should pick up a copy of the book. I want to challenge you to give yourself 15 minutes today to take action, to do that one thing, because once you do that one thing, the momentum is there and it's so much easier to take the next steps. So don't put this off for tomorrow. Give yourself 15 minutes today to take action on something you heard today. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you so much. This was fabulous. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.